Hi, I'm Kathy Rushing, host of the podcast, Committed, The Entrepreneur Marriage. If your middle name is Restless and you identify with words like innovator, dreamer, changemaker, creative, independent, or you are married to an entrepreneur or heaven help you, you're both entrepreneurs, this podcast is for you. The entrepreneurial journey can be a little wild at times, like uncharted territory. Join me as I talk with others who are at various stages of the entrepreneur process. We'll explore the wisdom and insights they have gained while navigating the ups and downs of the entrepreneur journey. You'll discover that there are many couples who have found ways to thrive in both their marriage and business. This is another takeaway episode highlighting the interview I did with Andre and Jeff Schinnebarger. You can catch the nuggets here if you're short on time. Is it possible to change the world, stay in love, and have a healthy family? This is the multi-part question that Andre and Jeff Schinnebarger wanted to answer when they started the Love or Work project about three years ago. They set out to interview a hundred working couples, sometimes traveling in an Airstream provided one of the project partners. That provided for some good stories in the book too. They also worked with the Barna Group to survey a larger cross-section of working couples. I think somewhere over a thousand couples were interviewed. Jeff and Andre recently birthed a third child, their book, Love or Work, which compiles their own experience with all they've learned during this project. I highly recommend this book as a launching place for sometimes hard discussions. They alternate writing chapters and are quick to point out that even after all the discussions that went into the book, even they don't agree on everything written by the other, and that's okay. The chapters conclude with questions you can discuss together and a link to one of their podcast episodes, which relates to the chapter topic. Andre works as a physician assistant in downtown Atlanta. Jeff is a social entrepreneur and author of two other books. He's the founder and executive director of Plywood People, a nonprofit community of startups doing good. I'm joined today for this takeaway episode by a very special guest, my sweetie of 40 years, Mark. So here we go. We've had several discussions about this book. And one of the first takeaways that I wanted to talk about is the power of affirmation. One of the questions that I've started asking couples is, um, tell me three words to describe your partner. And it is interesting because no one says she's a terrible cook or he's lazy. They tend to go to very positive words. And what else, what else did you notice about that? Yeah, I, I noticed also that the responses um, often were fairly emotional. Mm-hmm. And it, not just with Jeff and Andre, but with a number of the couples that you've done this with, asking this question gets some, um, it, it gets a very affirming response. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also the response from the side of the partnership that are hearing it. Um, it's just really positive, emotional, um, 
it's just really touching at times to hear. Yeah. yeah. And to me, it's a reminder of what a simple thing it is to yeah. just be intentional yeah. about telling your partner periodically, hey, I really like this about you, or this is something I really appreciate about you. Yeah. We don't do it enough. Yeah. You look good in headphones, by the way. Oh, thank you. Sure. They're they're quite becoming. <laughs> <laughs> so the second takeaway, I believe it was Andre that talked a lot about the ebbs and flows in a relationship and the idea of seasons. They share some stories in their book about a time when Jeff had finished writing his second book and brought it to Andre and he was so excited. Do you want to read it? And she was like, Nope, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> now when's it my turn? And she says, if a season doesn't end, it's not a season. And I thought that was a great perspective mm -hmm. because nothing is sustainable forever. Right. And there is an ebb and flow in marriage if we think that marriage is going to look the same every day, we're, we're in for a big disappointment. So having that expectation that there are going to be high tides and low tides. Yeah. And the low tide doesn't mean it's the end of a relationship. Right. I think also that idea of seasons, um, I wanted to unpack that a little bit with you from an entrepreneur perspective, because when I was talking with them about this, I thought, hmm, well, the company we started was 22 years ago, and we're still in that season to right. some degree. Right. And, and early on, I talked about this a little bit in the interview, in our earlier married days, and especially when we were starting the church that was in the what, mid-80s? Yep, mid-80s. And we had raised some support. So even if there was something that I wanted to ask for, but I, I really didn't have the courage or yeah. the tools, really, to be assertive and to ask for what I needed. But I also didn't feel like it was something I could ask. Yeah. Uh, like, it's my turn, or I need time, or here's a project I want to work on. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that and just um, the importance of not only being able to ask that, but especially on the entrepreneur's side of being able to ask those questions and listen for those answers. I know, at least from my perspective, I can get very, very focused on what's going on, on what's right in front of me. And just tend to drive toward what I'm trying to accomplish, mm -hmm. which means that sometimes along the way, you've had to, you know, grab my shirt collar or whatever it <laughs> jump is. Jump up and down. Jump up and Light down. Light a fire. Bang pots and pans together. <laughs> but More like slamming doors. Or probably. slamming doors. <laughs> you only threw things once. Um, that was but, our wedding picture. Yeah. yeah which I can't was, find. I know, it's sad. Broke the glass on our wedding picture. Well, you know. <laughs> so the the idea, though, is, and, and what I was reminded of listening to them, is how important it is for 
the spouse to be able to say in a calm time, in a, mm -hmm. in a calm voice, in a non-accusatory, non-blaming voice, hey, this is, this is something I need. This is an important thing for me. Can you, can you hear that? Mm -hmm. And then for the entrepreneur's spouse to be able to affirm that, to hear it, affirm it. And then probably the hardest thing is being able to ask for that. You know, it's, um, we just talked earlier about how we need to be more intentional about asking one another what, what we need, what we want, what we're trying to go for, and talking about goals and things, which, um, you know, we've been doing more intentionally lately. We used to do it during the summer on the way back from vacation. The kids would be sleeping during the car at some point, and we would talk about, okay, what's this year look like for you, for me, for the kids? And one of the interesting things I heard from them and some of these other younger couples is much more intentionality mm -hmm. about that, about really asking those questions and listening to one another. And um, I just think that's, that's really important because there are some seasons that are really long. Mm -hmm. I mean, you mentioned earlier the seasons of raising our kids was... It was a long period of yeah. time. 1983 to 1990. I'm sorry, 2009. 2009. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then lay alongside of that the season of this entrepreneur venture. It's 22 years. But within both of those, there are ebbs and flows. There are ups and downs. There's many seasons, I guess. Um, some seasons are long. Um, and... I think when you find yourself, so maybe this is one of the takeaways is when you find yourself in a long season mm -hmm. to make sure that you find ways to kind of break it up and to check in. You like using that word, checking in, mm -hmm. checking in with one another during that time, you know, to see what kind of course adjustments you need to make in that process. Mm -hmm. And just like there are, four seasons, depending on where you live. We lived in Texas for a very long time and it's like there's hot, hotter and hottest and then yeah. two weeks of winter. <laughs> right, right. But if we think in terms of four seasons or at least maybe quarterly, yeah. that we intentionally check in with each other about those goals and dreams. I right. did an interview with uh, Jeff and Ashley Korn recently and one of the things they love to do are uh, it is sitting down at the beginning of the year and talking about goals and they get out planners and, you know, they really flesh out mm -hmm. what their dreams are for yeah. this coming year and beyond, but specifically for the year and, and to ask each other, what do you need from me to accomplish that? Or how can I help you along the way? So I think like you said, even if you're in a long season, if you're parents and you have children, that is a very long season. Sure. Uh, so to to be intentional about at least quarterly, take a date night and talk about those dreams, revisit them. How are you feeling? What, where are you feeling encouraged? Where are you not uh, feeling supported? Or yeah. where are you tired? How can I give you some time away? Whatever it might be. But the very act of being intentional is going to make a huge difference. Yeah. It's hard to go wrong with that. Right. Yep. I agree. 
you were talking about communication and this ties in with these ebbs and flows and um, especially for women for whatever reason it is harder for a lot of us women I'm not going to generalize all but we are sort of socialized to take care of everyone else first and Andre talked a little bit in her book about this being one of the motivators is to give women courage to ask for what they need. But certainly having those communication tools, so I think it comes back to good communication. And part of that is is assertiveness, you know, to be able to come to you and ask because after reading their book, I was telling you um, the next day, about how I I wish there had been women who had modeled this sort of um, uh, courage for me like right. 20 years ago or 30 years ago because yeah. instead I just, I let things build up. And you were always willing to respond to whatever I needed, but I was usually like I had gone off the edge <laughs> right by the time it came up yep. exactly and you're yep. like well take some time to yourself and i'm like i'm not even good company for myself yeah so um i'm i'm grateful for women like andre who are providing some examples yeah. and yeah. showing us that there can be more of a um an egalitarian approach to marriage yeah one other point they make is I believe it was Jeff, uh, they took turns writing the chapters, and I think it was Jeff's chapter that talked about the three loves, loving your work, loving your spouse, and loving your spouse's work. As I mentioned earlier, they partnered with the Barna Group to survey over a 1,000 couples. And one of the things they found is that only 30% of spouses feel encouraged by their partner that that is just a heartbreaking statistic and I think it goes back to what you were saying a minute ago this ties in with checking in regularly and being intentional about how can I affirm you or help you with your goals what else did you want to add there yeah I, I just I found that um I had a bit of a an emotional response to that when they oh yeah when they described that yeah, that idea of not just loving your spouse and loving the work that you do, but that third dimension of loving your spouse's work. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't thought about it in those terms. Mm-hmm. I do love what you do. I love mm-hmm. the podcast and the way that you're talking with couples and trying to bring resources to couples, especially entrepreneur couples. After you know all of the years of us doing this kind of figuring out as we go, which is a very entrepreneurial approach. <laughs> but I, f- I just found that encouraging and um, I-, I love the intentionality that with which they approach that. Mm-hmm. And that Jeff was the one that brought that up. To me, that was actually very encouraging as well. You know, that idea of loving your spouse's work Mm -hmm. is pretty powerful when Mm -hmm. you start to think about it. That's when I think a couple can really begin to experience more of a partnership. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of just being on two parallel paths, 
really loving and being engaged with what your spouse is doing, that brings a different dimension to it. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be the same work. Right. Right. So I think that's good. Moving on. One of the points I believe Jeff made is that you marry one person, but you live life with versions of that person. I wrote a post several years ago called My Five Husbands, and no, I'm not Elizabeth Taylor. (laughs) But it's that idea of remaining curious and asking questions of your spouse. I know one thing we love to do is read books and... And again, we don't read the same books. You have a gazillion books that are, I don't know, series that I don't even know. I'm, I'll see them in the Kindle and I'm like, oh, what is this? And But there are a lot of books that we enjoy discussing or yeah. a newspaper article or podcasts that we've listened to. Yeah. 40 yeah. years, I, I don't think we've gotten bored yet. Not for very long anyway. Well, maybe during COVID for <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know how we describe that, but. Yeah, I think that yeah. was more like Esther Perel talks about how you need space from each other. And it was, yeah. we were each other's everything. And yeah. that's that's not a healthy place yeah. to be, but it right. it is what the world brought to us. Yeah, um, it's it's been interesting thinking about that in terms of the way you and I have both changed over the years. In, in many ways, even though the core of who we are, I think is still the same. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of it is the recognition of who we are. Um, but we've changed. We've been in different roles. We've been probably, we've been passionate maybe about different things at different times, or maybe more passionate or more engaged with different things, whether it's hobbies or things that, you know, were topics that we're interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I had no idea that you had such a good eye as a photographer when we first married. Oh, I didn't either. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, uh, there, so there's those different things that happen during the course of anyone's life. And I think if we're, you know, I've shared this with some of our young friends, some of the men that we know, um, just about the power so there are times when i hear struggles where you've got two pretty strong personalities in a in a marriage that wouldn't be us that wouldn't be us (laughs) actually it is us and you know what i've talked with them about is just that um yeah that's that can be a struggle at times but it also just adds this um I love the Drew Holcomb song, Fire and Dynamite. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that idea of um, being married to someone, recognizing that that person has passions, has interests, is growing and changing, just like I hope I am growing and changing and, mm-hmm. you know, experiencing my passions and interests. So, um, yeah, that idea of being aware and... Again, maybe it's it's circling back a lot of these. There's kind of a thread through here of paying attention, mm-hmm. affirming, appreciating, um, and yeah, growing together. Yeah. Even if you're not growing in 
all of the same ways all of the time. Mm -hmm. Two people still growing is pretty powerful. Yeah. I remember a story, not a story, but years ago, we had uh, we were living in the house that your parents had lived in previously, and your dad had a garden plot, and yeah. you got into gardening. And I was interested in herb gardening, and I remember commenting how interesting it was that over the years that we were married, we continued to discover new hobbies, mm -hmm. and more often than not, they're, they're parallel or they complement. Now, yeah. you know, you love to hunt, and I... I love to hunt with my camera, shoot with my camera. Right. So, you know, we respect each other's interests also. And again, right. they d we don't have to be exactly the same. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Another point they talked about, this was really funny because I, I asked if they'd ever been to marriage counseling or coaching. And they said, actually, when they started this project, they decided to get into counseling. And apparently Andre had set up the appointment and on the way to the first session, Jeff was a little uneasy. Like he was afraid she was going to dump something and surprise him with something. And that brought up some interesting perspectives that mm -hmm. you have. Yeah, you know, that has been a fairly common theme in a lot of our friends mm -hmm. that um, we've heard friends say, you know, they, when they went to counseling, they were afraid they were going to get ambushed. We've heard friends talk about marriage retreats as weekends when they were, they were hoping for sex, but they were afraid they were going to be in trouble all weekend. Yeah. You know that. And it's not they, it's the he. In it's the, the he. That's right. It's Usually the he. the wife has set yes. up this weekend and he said. Yeah. <laughs> and there, and so we were talking earlier about vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't remember if it was something Brene Brown had said or if the other famous person, Kathy Rushing, had said mm -hmm. the idea that when, when we, when we hand our innermost thoughts and feelings over to our spouse, mm -hmm. when we are truly vulnerable with our spouse, we give them everything they need to hurt us really badly, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that it's... vulnerability is, I said, it, it does get easier, I think, over time mm -hmm. in the course of a relationship, um, but it never gets easy. That's you know, it's always true. a challenge. Mm -hmm. So it was it was just funny listening to Jeff talk about that and thinking, yeah, that's mm -hmm. a lot of my friends have said, you know, that same same sort of idea, mm -hmm. you know. Um, they also said we don't go all the time, and I think that's an interesting concept as a marriage therapist now coach. I'm not sure where we get this idea that we have to if we go to counseling, it's like a forever thing. Right. I shifted to the term coaching partly because of the idea of it's not all the time it's periodically asking someone to say hey i use the term or the example of tiger woods that even at the top of his game he had a coach somebody that would stand outside and say watch my swing and what can i improve upon and that's what we need as couples. Jeff yeah. talked about maybe we need someone that, just a third party that can help us navigate some of these difficult questions. That doesn't mean the therapist has all the answers, but they help you as a couple 
navigate and find what works for both of you. And I'm also a very big advocate that our marriage, you know, part of why we do what we do is not for other people to say, oh, we need to be just like Mark and Kathy. No, you need to find the rhythm and the um, ebb and flow for your own relationship. But there are principles that will get you there, like good communication, for instance. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it would be, I mean, clearly the world would be better if we were in charge. Um, And one of the things I would do is reframe that whole counseling thing Mm -hmm. and talk about it more as coaching. And, you know, when you use the coaching analogy, when you use the tune-up analogy, most guys, that makes a lot more sense to. And it kind of takes away that fear of getting ambushed, of getting, you know, I'm going to be in trouble all weekend. It becomes more of a yeah we're just we're working together on being better yeah being better at this marriage thing right it can always be better yeah something can be better yeah and there are seasons where it is really hard and maybe you do need somebody that gives you some real solid tools or helps you to hear each other but it is also just a great gift to give to your marriage and to each other to even if it's just once a year, check in, maybe when you set those goals and then there's mm-hmm. someone that can be accountable and can ask questions to reveal some of those blind spots that maybe the two of you can't see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The very last takeaway, I, as you all know, if you've listened for any length of time, I'm I'm very big on the importance of, of knowing yourself. And so I asked them about, personality profiles turns out jeff took the disc when he was 10 years old with his family i thought that was hilarious oh my gosh um, m- most people would say it's not really valid when you're 10 but anyway you're you're developing and you're still forming your personality and still evolving even later but um it it did indicate a willingness to see themselves mm-hmm. and they noted that the enneagram this is where they talk about fire and ice. I think he's an eight, so kind of yeah. uh, the challenger. Yep. She's a one, and mm-hmm. she talks about him being ice. He soothes her. He comforts her. And she also used the term that he's my person, person. Yeah, which kind of ties in with that vulnerability yeah. aspect. That was a really... Yeah, that was such a nice that. thing to hear. Mm-hmm. Just... I. It was a nice phrase, and the way she said it, you'll have to go back and listen if you haven't, mm-hmm. um, communicated a, um, a connection yeah. that I thought was, was just very, very cool, mm-hmm. you know, so, and it was great. I think, you know, we've talked a lot about assessments. We've used them in the business, um, we were talking earlier about, you know, I took the Myers-Briggs I think we both did, right? Mm-hmm. When we were we early in our marriage, we were in California. It doesn't didn't have much of an impact on me at the time when we when I took the disc, kind of in the midst of this entrepreneurial journey, that was pretty significant. It was a moment of feeling like, oh, this is how I'm made. There's not something wrong with me after all, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty powerful. And then the Enneagram, I think... We've both enjoyed 
reading about that and talking about that. And uh, the Enneagram is very interesting in the way that it, it just digs around in some real different ways that are really helpful. So it's kind of fun hearing them talk about that. Yeah. And from my perspective, I think part of the difference is whether or not someone with some knowledge can unpack it for you. Sure. And I think when we took the Myers-Briggs, I just don't remember. That was a really, really hard, hard time, time. Yep. for us. I think the church had folded. and yep. Yep. So maybe I just wasn't in a place where I could hear, because it was a counselor that kind yep. of unpacked it for yeah. us. But yeah, I'm like you. I didn't get a lot of understanding of myself, whereas with DISC, I dove deep into that when I got certified. And right. then with the Enneagram, we've gone into all the stack of books growth. upstairs. Yeah, about <laughs> five books. But also uh, with the Enneagram, because it will focus, the good books will talk about, these are your growth areas, like this yeah. is what you do under stress. And mm-hmm. so it's also a helpful interpretation if your spouse is under stress and going, oh, yes. I recognize this pattern and yep. it and it gives you a little bit of, of room to adjust. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. You're so welcome. This yeah. was fun. Well, there you have it. Another um, this was a little shorter or a little longer than um, some of the takeaways, but there was just so much from this interview. And I do hope that you'll listen to the full interview and get their book. And could I just ask one more time, friends? If you haven't yet gone to Apple Podcasts and given us a rating and a short comment, that really would help so much in the discovery of this podcast so that we can get resources out to other couples. You're building a life together. Make it a great one. See ya.